That's something Maddie and I are so passionate about, confidence when it comes to financial literacy and taking decisions into your own hands. Welcome to Illumin from the students. I'm Jacinda Ryla, Principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School and your host. We all know that money doesn't grow on trees, but how can young people set themselves up to be effective stewards of money throughout their lives? The National Financial Capability Survey in 2021 found that 94% of young Australians aged between 14 and 17 feel it's important to learn how to manage their money, but only around 42% of them felt confidence to do that. A few of our students here at Girls Grammar are taking their financial well-being very seriously and they have established their own financial literacy student club. Lily and Maddie, welcome to Illumin. Thank you for having yes, us. Thank you so much. Lily and Maddie, we're here today to talk about your incredible passion for financial literacy. And you're so passionate about this as a topic that you've actually started a club here at Girls Grammar that's devoted to talking about financial literacy. Why did you want to start such a club? And you know, where did the idea come from? And why do you actually think it's important? So Maddie and I are passionate students of accounting. And through conversations in the classroom with peers and with our teacher, Miss Meek, we really noticed a disparity in the knowledge of financial literacy and what we know and how we can take that into the real world. And we decided that we wanted to take action on it and start a club and start to educate people. So yeah. it came through your subject and your learning. Yeah, party. well, because well, we're fortunate enough to both do accounting and then I also do economics. And we were more just like talking with both the, our peers that do the subject with us, but then also those outside the subject. And we found significant like, lack of knowledge. For example, one of our friends didn't even know what GST was. And we were like, how can you be making, you know, daily purchases and stuff and not realise that you're, you know, paying this goods and service tax and not really understanding what that means? So you've developed this interest through the subjects that you're studying, you're starting to share it with friends and you're starting to see perhaps how basic some people's knowledge of financial literacy is. Why is it important, do you think, though, to have a good understanding? I guess particularly for the Year 12 students, but everyone as well, well, because for us when you're leaving, you know, entering that new you know, world after we leave the white picket fence, that there's just so much, you know, knowledge and things out there like you know how do you buy a house what mortgage rate those types of things as well so if I just add to that we did some research and we came across some absolutely shocking statistics on the financial literacy rates of women versus men in Australia and you know it's been shown that the financial literacy rates of women are significantly lower than men and you know being at an all-girls school we just thought it was so important to share that with others and share our passion. So you're talking about financial literacy, you're talking about the importance of young people understanding it and you're also um, looking at it with a particular emphasis on women and advancing their understanding. Tell us about the club, whose idea was it though? Did, did you just chat amongst yourselves, start to test the topics? Where did it come from? It was just one accounting class and it really just came up in conversation and we thought, well, you know, there's nothing we're really doing at school related to this topic. What can we do? What is something we as students can actively do? And then it just grew from there. My understanding is that you think about the topics that you're going to present, the guests that you're going to invite. So it's definitely a student initiative. But tell me about the people who come along to the group. So what sort of ages are they? And are they all just accounting students? 
So we started off having just, yeah, year 10 to 12 students, which has been great, particularly because we'll act grammar you obviously start like accounting and economics from year 10 but we don't just have accounting and economics students we offer it to any student in year 10 to 12 and that's what we've had come. And where do you find girls on the spectrum of those who are passionately interested, those who might be a little bit embarrassed that they don't actually have the terminology and the understanding and those who are just a bit curious? Well, I think that's the real beauty of the club because Maddie and I ourselves, we aren't experts, so it's a really safe place to ask questions and ask about what you don't know because for us, we don't know everything, so we're so lucky to be guided by our accounting teacher, Miss Meek, who was previously a tax accountant, so she has a lot of knowledge in the field. There's a change, isn't it? Tax accountant, now she's in the classroom with all of you amazing young women. So tell us then financial literacy. We've thrown that phrase terminology around. What is it, Maddie, and what does it look like for young people to actually be financially literate and capable in managing their finances? Well, I think it's just having that understanding of, you know, being able to manage your money and being able to read, for example, like different financial documents. What does your bank statement, like what's that telling you? That kind of stuff. And I feel like particularly as young people, when you're younger, obviously your parents are kind of in charge of your finances. You don't see those income statements that they have. So I feel like particularly when you leave school and go out into the world, it can be quite a shock, I think, for most young people, particularly considering that you can get a job, I think it's around 14, and being, oh, what's the super account that I'm with? Like that kind of not knowing that stuff, I think is like a real, not really necessarily danger, but I just think it's things that are really important to be aware of. Yeah, if I'm to add to that, just from personal experience, when I got my first job, I had to choose a superannuation provider. And my first thought was, well, what even is this? So I just went and asked my dad, can you pick one for me? But looking back on that, I believe, you know, when I was first choosing the super, it should have been me doing actively doing the research instead of just going to ask someone else. And I think that effectively comes down to a lack of confidence And that's something Maddie and I are so passionate about, confidence when it comes to financial literacy and taking decisions into your own hands. It's interesting that you bring in confidence because that was exactly where I was about to go. I was watching both of you describe how you feel about managing your own resources, making decisions for yourself. And, you know, we learn all about agency, all have studied Jane Eyre in English. (laughs) and, And we talk about the empowerment that comes from feeling competent and it gives you that sense of confidence going forward so would you say it's shaping who you are as a person Maddie not just what you're learning and the expertise that you're getting out of accounting and all of your other subjects at school is it this financial confidence actually shaping you as a young woman a hundred percent I just feel like you know yeah knowing all this information and knowing that I can kind of essentially you know take my future into my own hands and not having Like, yeah, knowing that I don't have to rely on someone else for this knowledge, I can go out and actively look up, you know, what superannuation I want to use and understand and know what that means. Yeah, I agree. It just instills, like, this level of confidence in you, which is amazing. So what topics have you been exploring? So I understand that you decide what those topics are. Do you think about it a long time in advance or do you kind of follow the interests of the girls who've been coming to your club? We tend to go week by week. We also work with what's going on in the news. So one of the topics we covered was HEX and HEX debt and indexation rates. Yeah, so we've done HEX, we've done credit cards, budgeting, 
Yeah, so when we did budgeting, we did, it was around the time of the June-July holidays when, you know, a lot of people go over to Europe, have their Euro summer. So we had like a little budgeting for your Euro summer trip, which was fun. That got quite a few people coming to the meeting. Um, Oh, we looked at, particularly when the PwC dilemma was going on in the media, we looked at, well, what does that mean? What are the roles of the big four accounting firms in our economy? Just so to give everyone, you know, a level of understanding beyond what they've just seen on the news. And, and I think that's what you're describing is it's very personal and it's very individual to you, perhaps your own financial resources and management, but it always intersects with a global stage, doesn't it? And so it's opening your mind to um, the dynamics of our society and, and a global world as well and, and trying to, I think, understand how all of that impacts on you in your lives, isn't it? So let's talk about something a little bit less global and intellectual, shall we say. Let's talk about TikTok. So recently, um, you will be well aware that TikTok exploded with the girl math videos. And in those videos, for any listeners who aren't aware, it was a humorous take on the kind of psychological games that we play when we're thinking about purchases and managing our money. To purchase or not, how do we justify our decisions? Tell me, what do you think about videos such as this? Are they helpful or are they making light of what should actually be a serious topic? Is there anything we can learn from them? What's your view on this video? I think on the surface, they're fun little videos, they're humorous, but I definitely think at the core, they point to a more serious topic in that women, they feel like they still have the need to justify their purchases and I think that also comes down to the confidence thing again. Like, obviously, don't, you know, don't get us wrong. I think it's, you know, amazing to have goals, you know, say, for example, oh, I really want to buy this, you know, designer handbag or something and being able to, you know, budget and plan for that goal. But it's the whole, like, if you don't have the financial means to kind of fund those purchases and you're just making, you know, purchases here and there, it can like lead you to kind of end up in a lot of trouble, you know, debt and all those sort of things. And I do think this is probably looking, you know, a bit too deep into this, but it does underpin that kind of age-old stereotype of, oh, women don't have the capacity to handle their own finances. They're just spending too much. You know what I mean? Like it just stereotype. Yeah. And do go more deeply into that, Maddie. If you think back, women were seen often as possessions. They had no financial autonomy. They couldn't divorce. They couldn't take care of their own finances. So do you think there is a, a serious thing that we need to counter in bringing girls and women along in their financial literacy? A hundred percent. And that's what I mean. These trends, like they start off as something you know, lighthearted and humorous, but at the core, they do still hold those, yeah, age-old societal stereotypes of women just not having the mental capabilities to be in charge of their finances. Just adding to that, you know, there's that age-old stereotype that the man is the breadwinner of the house, that the man brings the income, and, you know, that's just not true at all. Women are increasingly out-earning men, so... I hope to see a real shift in 
you know, financial literacy and women. So if we're going to shift the dial on that and change and I guess invite more girls and women to be excited about managing their finances, to understand the importance of it and for this to be an exciting, creative um, process that is lifelong, what's the role of governments, do you think, or schools? So let's start with schools. Do you think schools ought to do more to educate young people about the basics of personal finance or does that responsibility sit with government or is it it's a family situation who's responsible i think the overarching thing is government they can effectively guide the schools on what to do government schools in particular and i think if we start a trend with that you know talking about it at school that children will take mm-hmm. it home to their families and the conversations will become deeper and it'll become more ingrained yeah, because I think as well, if well, if the government, I know that they are actually introducing initiatives and policies, and once this, you know, the schools take this on, and yeah, like Lily was saying, students come home, and then it encourages these discussions. You know, at the dinner table, students can ask their parents, "Oh, so yeah, what does your bank statement look like? Oh, what does the rates notice look like?" And just encourage those friendly discussions, just to you know, further enhance again with the confidence just to enhance everyone's confidence and knowledge on the topic. That familiarisation. But yeah, ultimately, I don't think you can call on families to, you know, bring this to the forefront because if there's still a lack of confidence, they might not feel confident with sharing this with their children. So if we start with education, we can hope that in coming generations, it'll just become common knowledge. Have a snowball effect. So we'll go to the Australian Government Initiative, which I think you're tapping into. The government has identified that young people are an area that certainly needs more support. Preparation, particularly talking about financial first. So they're talking about a young person's first what? Particularly going into the tertiary studies space, that whole thing around hex debt and funding that further education and what that means. So I definitely think that that's going to be a financial first for quite a few people. And going through that process of, yeah, applying for the Hexdet scheme and then, you know, when you obviously get a job and then paying that back over time, like what that means. But you, Lily, what are you expecting? I would just say my overall goal is to be financially independent. And I think, you know, there is a common misconception that, oh, being financially independent, it just means you have lots of money. But Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to the core of having a good financial education to have the tools to be able to budget and plan effectively. So I think that's ultimately, you know, with Finlit, we're starting small. But as I go into the real world, I'm going to continue to plan and budget and just hope for the future. Hmm, and have a, a, a richer life as a consequence and not rich just in a monetary mm-hmm. sense, obviously, in the experiences that you can be a part of, the safety and security that you can buffer around your lives and your families. So what might be your legacy? Your year 12, you're about to exit the school, you're looking back, you're thinking about what sort of influence. How do you think this can be taken forward? And, and do you think that, you know, you've talked about some of the stereotypes, but is it also just having it as part of daily conversation? conversation, greater awareness, girls talking about these things, growing in their confidence. In terms of a legacy, how would you like to see this continued after you've left? We have some year 11s in our club, so we're really hoping that they'll continue along with it. Miss Meek is super supportive of continuing the initiative and we really hope that it continues to grow from there. Yeah, I think the main goal would be just be seeing the club grow 
and yeah, just encouraging those conversations and hearing them amongst, you know, our peers and the school students. So yeah, I think that would ultimately be the main goal, just to enhance everyone's confidence in the financial world. And, you know, even if you're not doing accounting or you're not doing economics, just having that base understanding, I just think is really important. What's been most interesting in what you've learned in accounting or about the financial world? Is there anything that you're kind of just a bit shocked by or curious about? Is there anything that has grabbed your attention? Or you remember learning something for the first time and being surprised, shocked, excited? Well, this is maybe I'm going to embarrass myself, but I used to actually think that all of my parents' money was in a real bank. Like it was, like it was, in, you could go and get in it. cash, yeah. And I think. You know, we'd never learnt about that in primary school. We never learnt what a bank is. Like, as a bank, they, you know, the money that you give to a bank, then they lend out to other people. And so it's not all, yeah, just kept there in hard cash. So that's, yeah, even just the basic stuff like that. Or even when we did, we covered a topic in Finland about super. So, well, how the sessions kind of run is Lily and I kind of put the idea to our accounting teacher and we'll do our own research and set up the PowerPoint and then. Miss Meek, our accounting teacher, with her, you know, external knowledge, will then input different things. And so just learning about the different supers, because, I mean, I honestly thought that it was all just one super that the government kind of just organised, but I didn't realise that there was different companies and they all have their own different programs going on. So. That's choice. And, and you being proactive about that, as you say, there's always the default fund and then there's the one that you might choose for yourself or actively manage as you go into later life. So let's talk about later life. Um, what are the goals for you when you look ahead, you think about the whole of your life? What are some of your long-term financial goals and what sort of steps are you perhaps already taking to achieve them? So you obviously mentioned being uh, financially independent. What, what are some of your goals and, and how are you going to get there? Once I get a job, a real job, I would like to split up my income, 20% investing, donating some and saving some and then the rest for expenses. And I think I'm pretty grateful to have parents that have already encouraged me to start investing, as with Maddie as well. And this is a topic we actually covered in Finlet, investing in shares. So I think that's my goal to continue with that. Same as Lil, I've been very lucky to grow up with parents who they have jobs in the financial industry so I've been able to have those conversations with them but I think I have a particular goal of mine is just to be financially independent so never having to rely on someone else for my money or dealing with my finances and so then in that way I'm able to do the things that I enjoy like go traveling or you know hopefully one day save up and buy a house saving up you know having investment properties and yeah just different goals like that I guess. And you're excited when you describe it so it's of interest to you and it's a, it, it is a creative process isn't it? It's, a, it's an iterative process and you'll have some advancements and you'll have some setbacks but most importantly you'll be well equipped and intelligently thinking about managing your finances so hopefully for both of you there's great freedom, choice and independent decision making in your future but if we conclude I've just got one question to ask you and that is that if you were thinking about younger girls perhaps even year seven, year eight, they're coming into the school, they're thinking basically what sport will I play and what subjects do I love? How does becoming more familiar with financial concepts and, as you say, about 14, getting your first job perhaps, how would you encourage them to understand the importance of being financially literate? Well, as I said, we start the club with just year 10 to 12, but something that, well, 
hopefully that we see in the future is them kind of not exactly necessarily the same because obviously financial literacy for a year 10 to 12 student is different to that for a year 7 to 9 student and so but we are hoping that we do see it expand down to the younger grades because 14 I think that's around year 9 so just being like all right I'm gonna work this day and this day so then I can save up and then spend it on this I feel like for the younger years especially like having those budgeting skills I think is really important. There's also smaller things we can do as well. I mean, there's so many resources available today, books, podcasts, videos, just even sharing them with the younger grades and getting the idea out there that, you know, read this, you're going to learn something and just keep learning, yeah. Lily and Maddie, your passion for this topic is compelling, I have to say, and I hope that anyone listening will be encouraged to perhaps learn more about their own finances, start to plan for the future, but even if they just have a conversation and become more comfortable and familiar with it as a consequence of listening to you today, you will have had a a wonderful impact on those who listen. So Maddie and Lily, thanks for speaking with me. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.